Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied podcast. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorne and Robbie, as your dungeon-occupying storyweavers, we wish to help you as players and dungeon masters from the aspiring to the veteran with questions and ideas for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. Today, we have a special guest. Uh, he's a graduate from the University of Alabama with a BA in criminal justice and a BFA in musical theater. He's a graduate of the International Stunt School. He's a technical producer for Ink and Liar. He films, he edits, he produces. He's a jack of all trades, all the way from Hoover, Alabama, Mr. Christian Hatcher. Thank you for being on today. Well, thank you for having me. Welcome. It's an honor. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually an honor to have you here. Um, and we, we talked a little bit but, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, but the first question I want to ask you is, how did you get into D&D? Ooh, all right. Yeah, that's an easy one. So I still remember my first campaign or first session ever. Um, I was 16 or 17 and I was just chilling with a bunch of theater friends. And one of the guys was like, yo, my dad said he'll run a <laughs> session for us. <laughs> and we were all like, nice bet. <laughs> that was all it took. Like at that time, it was just a bunch of the boys hanging out and he lives down the street. So we all just showed up to his house. We were playing games like we always do. And then his dad ran a, my first session ever. And like at the end of that session, I got like, I was able to kill the BBEG with like one last roll. It was definitely, it was the best experience for a D and D moment. Like, cause I rolled and it hit and it killed him on the last, last shot. And we, were we had to run out of his house because mom was sleeping down uh down the hall um and we were just like a bunch of teenage boys streaming or screaming in the neighborhood street at like 1 a.m in the morning it was the best experience i could have ever had with D. &D. Uh, awesome. and that was my introduction <laughs> well that's awesome. great. i love that that's my favorite question to everybody that comes on to our little podcast is is how they were introduced because everybody's just so different but yet still the same I mean, it really is because mine was when i was like 13 years old and then you know it was just a, me and a friend just with a box and, and okay i'm older <laughs> so it was a d and d so we're talking like 1988 89 somewhere in there and just it was such a good experience and it's been a lifelong love ever since that's amazing man that's absolutely amazing I, 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 I can't. It's amazing. I love D&D &D so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, my husband was in, I was in high school and like we were, um, my friend was like, let's play a, let's play this game. And I hadn't, I hadn't heard anything about D&D &D by then. And they were, they were like, here, look at all this stuff. And I, I fell in love with all the monsters and everything. And I was like, let's do this. <laughs> and so I've been stuck ever since. <laughs> Uh, so usually, usually the follow-up question, of course, is since we know how you got into D and D, who was your first character when you when you did this? Oof, I, I Do don't. I just remember he was an archer. Uh, we just it was okay. so quick with how fast we did it. Uh, we didn't really have like personalities built into our characters. It was just like trying to learn the rules so quickly, and then like 
the funny thing is I played that session and then I didn't play again for like another two or three years. Uh, until I got to college. Yeah. I just, uh, everything got so busy with theater again and life picked back up and I was just like, that was such a fun thing to do. I want to do it again sometime. (laughs) And it wasn't for a while until I was able to do it again. Um, but like my first, I can tell you my first long-term character that I ever played, uh, Let's do it. He, uh, so my roommate is a game master of all all types, or my old roommate. Now we've all graduated college. Uh, And so my first long-term character, his name was Dan Smith. Uh, And I, he was a classless janitor. And I created him specifically to be the most average guy going on an adventure. And um, back at that time, my uh, roommate, he made us roll for uh, how attractive we are as well. And he got an 11. So Dan Smith was definitely (laughs) one of the most like ordinary guys that had ever adventured ever. Um, But I loved him. And so I played I played with him for a a couple of months until he died. Um, But it was okay. He died getting revenge for a friend and he took the bbeg down with him so it was all good <laughs> hey i mean what else can exactly. we ask for right exactly oh <laughs> uh, it's awesome so so tell us about like you you produce for ink and liar uh mm-hmm. and i just recently been introduced to that and i started listening to the face end so tell us about your character on face end sure so uh I don't want to give out too many spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen it. So I will give like sure. the roundabout way of describing uh, Mr. Ludinus Archbane. Um, I don't even know if I don't, I quite sure a few of our players don't even know his full name, but he goes by Ludin um, and he is uh, five levels in Rangers uh, with, a subclass of um with an archetype of sparrowhawks which is a homebrew um from ink and liar and five levels <laughs> of champion fighter now it was Ooh. not champion fighter <laughs> but that's that's what it is right now uh Luden is has had obviously his tragic backstory um funny enough our last episode was uh it's called a trip down memory lane and (laughs) we went through basically all of our characters backstories based on what this god like changed our lives um that's all i'm going to give in that portion just in case you guys want to see um (laughs) but overall luden is uh he's the hard dude he's always he's not much of a smiler um he's a human uh, and he's partying and adventuring with all these super magical people with two classes that don't have much magic in them at all. Um, and he's always the super serious one. As the human, he, I mean, it is talked about over and over again. He's going to be the first one to die, if not just because he's, you know, <laughs> just because he doesn't have magic or the fact that, you know, even if he dies of old age, he will be like, it's a really quick blink of an eye for all of these guys. So he's just super serious. He's scared that he might die. But um, yeah, he's, 
I'd like to say he feels things 100%. Um, he is he's intense to a fault. Um, and at the same time, he wants so desperately for everyone to see where he's coming from. But it's so difficult for all of his other party members to do so because they haven't. I mean, it's hard to look into the think about the mind of a human, um, which is really interesting because, you know, we are all humans playing this game. But uh, I love our <laughs> cast because we 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 tend to try an RP very well and look at it from our character's point of view. There was a moment um, when we were talking in one of our meetings and I brought up um, what one of my acting teachers always used to tell us was you have to defend your character because no one else will. Um, no matter what, you need to be the, the number one person, you know, backing up any character that is made for you and you need to see everything that they do is right. And so mm -hmm. that I feel like is the embodiment of what our cast tries to do. Um, uh, there's definitely a separation between us and our characters. We definitely try and make sure that separation is there. But for me, Luden, everything that he does, he does it with his own morality in mind. He does it thinking that he's doing the right thing. And I think even when other people like in our cast like because they do so many crazy things y'all like it's <laughs> we are we are not your average party we have so much discourse all the time right now one of our members is just like in the doghouse with everyone and it's <laughs> it's awful it's so tense between them and everybody else and we had a huge argument two episodes ago and everybody it's just a fracture and that's that's it's not our normal but it's pretty close so we're we but we love each other so that's i hope that answered your question of what who luden is in a nutshell yeah, without giving too much away <laughs> i know there's we do have like a whole bunch of stuff if you look us up on each of our characters and we we try and um like we have our own monologues of introducing our characters um oh, and nice. with all of the recaps and stuff that we do um we actually do those in character as well so each character gets a week whenever the episode seems like it's centered around them and they recap the episode and so you get to hear a little bit more of them like their internal what they didn't say on stream because they didn't want other party members to know, or they just held their tongue and they're it's unfiltered basically. Um, those re gotcha. So that's a, another good way you can figure out about Luden. That's awesome. And uh, for, for this podcast, you know, we're a discussion podcast, mm -hmm. but we're trying to focus on uh, like education and things for, for players and for uh, story weavers, as we call it mm -hmm. uh, for the game master. Um, and one of the biggest things that we like to know from everybody is how do you specifically get into character uh, for your role? Ooh. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that goes back to like the whole acting thing. Um, mm -hmm. Some nights it's good. I mean, like if we know it's a full lots of combat um, it's like, sure. I have to get in character, but I really need to be thinking very strategically on how we're going to be fighting things. But on a session-to-session -session right. basis, like uh, this last episode, we knew that we were probably going to be flashing back and basically doing not our session zeros, but a lot of our backstory stuff because um, a few of our members weren't, weren't going to be able to make it. 
So we were like, but we still want to have an episode. <laughs> so yeah. for that one, um, we've made Spotify playlists for all of our characters. Um, so that's a good way to listen to them. Um, cool. The recaps can help you get back into character if you like forget what happened last week because um, the recaps show you basically performing or basically like in character in and of itself. So it's a good way to drop back in that way. Um, but I think the, the best way for me to always get into character is I often think about Luden like throughout the week. Um, I dream every night, which is also a pretty cool thing. Um, and <laughs> it's really weird, but I dream about Luden <laughs> like pretty much every Monday after we stream. I, I dream about okay. lots of experiences about like just different things that I could do with them. So right. it's, and then we have our group message where we talk to each other and we ask each other questions. And then our fans ask us questions as well. Our fans ask us lots of questions about like, why did your character do this? And for those short rests and things like that, you, if, if you don't have a reason, it feels like disingenuous. So for us, yeah. the streaming act and the fans and how much we talk to each other throughout the week. And even with the fact that I have, I'm intimately involved almost with every single episode and making sure that it gets edited, it makes it a lot easier for me to drop into character as well. Like if you don't have a Spotify playlist for your character, I encourage you to try and make one or just a playlist in general yeah. and see how quickly it could get you into character about everything because there's something about like music um, that can really set the setting for you, in my opinion. At least. Yeah, that sounds cool. That's that's <laughs> actually how I I like to get into characters while I listen to songs that pertain to my my character. But um, out of curiosity, how many D and D characters have you created? Uh, let's see, I think eight, maybe. Okay. It's like not too many. Um. Let's see one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, around actually might be like only six to eight. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we're gonna have to get yeah. you to do one more now. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And what like this is a question I like to ask a lot of people we talk with, but um, what is your favorite class to to play? Like do you have a do you have a particular are you more of a more inclined to play a magic user or do you like the do you like to um, be a martial, martial class, or do you prefer being like a monk or a barbarian? So I have recently been, I I have found with this campaign especially, this is the longest campaign I've been a part of, which is great. I love Fateson, but I have found like I want to play a magic class so bad. I play so many martial classes. And that's really because I just didn't feel like learning the spell casting rules. Um, and I would always just try and get like, you know, some magical items and I'd just be like, okay, this is cool. I'm good. And I always have like a martial class. I could probably cast a few spells if need be. But after this campaign, I'm like, I have to play a super heavy magic class so that I can figure out like what's going on with this all over half of DD, &D, but also Luden just doesn't have a lot of magic, y'all. And <laughs> sometimes it gets so it's so annoying when like when the other characters are just like 
you know, all right, I'm going to cast fly on myself and fly away. And I'm going to dimension door over here. And Luden, he's not weak by any standards. He actually might be, he actually might do the most, if not like the second most damage on the team. But at the same time, I'm so jealous when they just do those things and I have to run just my measly 30 feet forward <laughs> and try and shoot something. So I feel that I'm, I'm, I'm more privy to magic magic users so i really enjoy playing wizards um but i mm-hmm. it used to be i didn't because it was memorizing or figuring out the spells and how spells work once i got it i was like this is awesome and <laughs> i'm pretty sure you're gonna really enjoy it when you play a magic user oh i i feel like i oh, understand yeah. everybody's spells at this point i i'll go back and i'll look at <laughs> stuff and i'm like i could have done that if i had oh that's so sad but i know this is this is a campaign that we might reach like level 15 to 20 so it's like ah you don't want to triple multi-class or else you might end up messing yourself up if you don't do it correctly true true now like you said Luton's a human and i've found Mm -hmm. in the years of experience i have that people rarely just pick to be a human they just don't do it very often uh what made you decide to play a human yeah yeah that's that's an easy one or difficult it's like a weird thing because i so i came into the campaign about 15 episodes in um there were two players uh that had to leave and so i was in to fill a role with um as one of those two characters so i also like the underdog kind of thing where um you know all the other races have some extra punch to them um they all have something and i was like well you know what i can quite literally create an underdog and insert them in the party and i can figure out how he's going to overcome all this crazy stuff that we have to do and so my philosophy with D has always usually been um uh, the more creative you are the more fun you can have with the game and i feel like at with a race of people that quite literally you can only think about them as humans if you can think of how you can use your environment to outsmart the dm or outsmart uh any evil character or any other person that you're fighting then that just makes the game that much more fun it makes those roles that much more important and it makes me feel better that hey i was given myself limitations um but I've been able to overcome those limitations. And it also is a great story for an audience, I think. Oh, definitely. Which is a whole nother aspect that we have to think about now that we're streaming, because we can't just think about, you know, a home game where in a home game, you could probably go explore a lot more side quests and a lot more. It's not as much on a time crunch, especially because for mm-hmm. us, we stream so late but we're in so many different time zones. People have work in the morning and we're just normal people. That's, that's a whole nother right. thing. So it's not like if we streamed like on a Saturday or something like that, or a Friday, it might be a little different, but still on a Monday, we'll still stream until like 1 a.m. for some people. A lot. Yeah. And, and really quick before we do uh, our, our NPC uh, for the day, um, how is it streaming? I mean, you, I mean, your Twitch has, you know, 1.7 thousand followers uh on the stream and you guys are doing 
four days a week every week well we just uh put two shows or we just put short rest on hiatus because we but okay. it is still three we put short rest on the hiatus because of our kickstarter which um stargazer's guide right. to aurora did really well but it's a lot i'll be honest it's, it's a whole lot um when we <laughs> when i came on and i saw that we were doing all that i was like wow this is crazy <laughs> lauren and daniel are crazy but they they had a vision for what they wanted and um yeah they went for it and i think seeing that and then when you come in and you see our team and you see like just how dedicated everyone is and how bad we want this to succeed it stops being so it's not hard to want it's not hard to log onto the stream um i don't think mm. it's ever it's it's to the point to where we will run as fast as we can if we're not in our positions um we like positions in time like when stream is starting we will be dming each other like over a week in advance be like dang it guys i'm not going to be here for this episode like it's almost like an immediate thing so with it mm -hmm. that's the easiest part like logging on to the stream i think the hardest part of like the four stream week would just be making sure that like your schedule lines up with it and luckily the wednesday show is rotating schedule um lauren and daniel are no longer having to host that one so that gives them some more free time the monday show uh lauren and daniel are both on so it's like it's our kind of easy one that we do like to make sure that happens and then the mm -hmm. tuesday show that we've started up now i mean it has the potential to have someone not have to um like another one of the members to start being able to stream things so like i said with gotcha. 16 people it's easier it's easier i guess than it could have been especially because lots of our people sure. um really want to help you know really want to help. yeah and and i mean by the way congratulations on the, oh, on the kickstarter i mean 1900 plus backers uh thank you i mean that was awesome. Really excited. <laughs> uh, and I will be buying the, bu the book, actually. Uh, um, I didn't get to do the Kickstarter, uh, but I found it afterwards. And that hardcover, I mean, it just, it's so pretty. <laughs> Lauren <laughs> spent so much time on it, and she was freaking out. And when everybody left, she was, oh, she was so happy about it. She was very happy about it. But heck yeah, please, please buy it. Please tell your friends. We're trying to do some more stuff with upgrading our equipment and things like that. And this is a really good way for us to raise some more money to do that. Well then, uh, before we get into the NPC, that's a real easy segue into how do we find Ink and Liar and Christian Hatcher? Sure. Okay. So for Ink and Liar, you can literally just put inkandliar.com and it'll just pull up everything that we do. Um, that's I-N-K-A-N-D-L-Y-R-E dot uh, com but you can also find us on youtube twitch um we're getting more of our podcast stuff up um on spotify so you can find the first uh i think 30 something episodes of fate's end on there um youtube has quite literally everything that we've done so that's a good one to do stuff with uh facebook instagram all of it's ink and liar and then for me for me, you can look up christian-a-hatcher.com or just look up Christian Hatcher. Um, I'm pretty 
good about being near the top results on um, Google. Um, and my website is mostly, it'll have like actor, singer, stuntman on it. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm pretty good about being up there. And then on Instagram, you can find me at arts underscore and underscore law. Awesome. So NPCs, uh, normally what we do is we come up with the race, the name, and a quick backstory uh, for our listeners just so that they can throw an NPC, especially uh, since we try to gear a little bit towards the story mm-hmm. weavers. Um, it's an NPC that we just can throw into any campaign. So for you, what I would like is if you could pick a genre of campaign that you okay. adhere to or like. All right. Um, so I always love Let's see. The last one, I think Candlekeep was mystery. I, I would like a I would like a crime stoppers type of campaign, like an 80s, if you think 80s funk kind of thing, where you got your cops and <laughs> it's really simple who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. And it's it's more of a it's a fun campaign and it can be serious at moments, but like <laughs> these these guys should not be together solving these crimes. Like they should let somebody who's <laughs> way more responsible. To be doing yes like it's awful <laughs> i think that would be a great genre of campaign for this npc that we're about to create perfect uh so then i'll throw it to uh robbie really quick uh what is going to be Ooh. our name uh for this character you you know, i do because it's hilarious it's <laughs> to me for the name, and it's always something terrible um something That's terrible true. uh um Let's go with uh, uh, Gregory Ironblock. Gregory, Gregory Ironblock. Iron That's perfect. All right. Gregory, okay. Gregory Ironblock is a dwarf. Gregory Ironblock. Yeah, Gregory Ironblock. I think Gregory Ironblock should be a dwarf. Oh, yes. 100%. Definitely. 100%. He should be the chief. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, the <laughs> chief. <laughs> so, yeah. So now... Now he's just become this NPC has just become uh, a potential quest giver uh, for your your party. Um, he could be the if you wanted to, you could switch it and make him a BBG. Uh, Ooh, yeah, and you know because all all crime uh, movies and things they have these weird twists and turns. Uh, so what would be just a quick like bullet point of. Uh, backstory for for chief gregory Ironblock. okay 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 bullet points bullet points uh the man grew up a part of a huge family i think uh i think he wanted to make his way in this world because he had some older brothers that went off and did some different things uh every one of them being dwarves it was always about might and strength uh, Iron Block took the police route, um, and he did really good with it. Uh, he excelled with it, and but he did things always the old way, like mm. like he, and it was to the point where it was unnecessary. Like he would work extra hours, in <laughs> but where they were at that time, you know, there just wasn't a lot of crime. 
Like it was, you didn't need to work extra hours. You didn't need to do an extra beat, but he was just always doing it. Even if it wasn't for pay. And uh, he, he doesn't realize where he is. I think, I think like his family did a pretty good job of making sure everything was safe, Mm -hmm. but uh, he's living in this, his own weird fantasy of everything is still at war. We need to be vigilant. We need, cause the day is coming. The, the reckoning is coming. And I think that's, that's the, the personality of Mr. Iron Block. 100%. Why, why he can give out these, these quests that are probably very simple and stupid. <laughs> yeah. And that's perfect because, you know, as, as you said, like this could be very comedic if we wanted the campaign to be uh, so you know, for you listener story weavers, um, if you want to use Gregory Ironblock, uh, by all means, uh, put him in your in your campaigns and let us know if you do uh, at our email address. Um, but I mean, first of all, thank you for uh, helping us with an with an NPC. Oh, no uh, problem. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. Uh, um, when uh, when we're talking about story weavers, uh, the people who are are facilitating these games. What is one thing that you can say from uh, a player standpoint and also from uh, somebody who produces a, a live play show, um, what's something that you would give for these story weavers uh, who really want to start out? Okay, so for uh, from a player aspect, um, I think, honestly, actually from both, this goes for both, especially if someone wanting to start out. I... I haven't played the most D&D, um, but what I found with the commonality with telling a story in general, which is, this is, that's what, like, you know, the game of D&D is, it's telling a story. Um, you need to understand uh, before you go into your first session, what you guys are expecting from each other. Um, if that be, so everybody does that a different way. Um, some people are like, I expect to fight every four episodes. Or some people are like, you know what? I want social encounters every every episode. But I think that not every story weaver is for every player and vice versa. Um, and it's better to go ahead and talk about that up front than to get in, you know, 10 to 15 episodes in and you feel that you've wasted your time because nothing hurts as bad as like, you know, losing friends because of a game, one. And two, especially if you've put a lot of effort into the creation of your characters or the creation of your campaign only to have it crash and burn because of an issue that you guys could have just talked out at the very beginning. And we actually talk about that on several episodes about expectations up front and, you know, hard mm -hmm. stops or, you know, what, what you expect out of the game. Uh, and I, I know... I'm sure a lot of the, the beginning uh, players and even beginning story weavers, uh, you have a 16 player game. <laughs> That's not in the same town. That's difficult. How did you guys all meet or get together? Whew. Okay. So um, fates and, is seven of us there's seven of us on that show uh iron valor has a core of three people um 
and the rest of them are pulled from the other shows um and then the tuesday show usually the twisted veil or the weird weird crew is another i think seven people so trying to get all of us like even to meet up together is very very difficult um i think we've had two all hands meetings but for the most part um meeting everyone everyone had like I, I came onto the team because my cousin Brandon played with Lauren and Daniel, the founders of the company. And he was like, yo, if you ever want to be a guest star on one of the episodes, let us know. And I guest starred on one of the earlier Iron Valors where it was player versus player combat. And then um, I would play in short rest. And then I just got integrated into the cast later on. And everybody has some weird story like that if they weren't a part of the original cast. Now, getting us all together, we are very good about respecting each other's time and being dedicated to doing this. I think all of us knew what we were signing up for when we signed up for whatever show we're doing. So the current Iron Valor cast on Wednesday, that's premiering this Wednesday, actually, November 17th, they are signing up for 20 weeks of being there on time and playing with the group and that could be a lot like you don't there's some episodes obviously things happen and you can't be there like I went to stunt school so one of the episodes they're just like yeah Christian's not here tonight but we're gonna keep going and so sure there's that but it's 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 that trust that we have for each other and it's it's weird there should not be 16 people to be able to meet up like we do quite literally across the world and still be willing to play Dungeons and Dragons on stream like we do. It's, it's, I, like I said, it's just very weird. I, it's hard to explain how, how special I feel Ink and Liar is because every, there is no weak link. Everyone just loves the game. We love hanging out with each other. We're actually in March. Uh, we have a, a company retreat planned where everyone's oh, going nice. to converge onto the same location and we're going to do oh. some live action stuff. Wow. Uh, hopefully. Like that's the kind of stuff. I don't, I'll, I'll tell you how we do it. We're all <laughs> friends. There you go. I think it's a lot easier because we're all friends and we all like each other. Yeah, there's, there's, that's the simplest answer. Obviously, there's a lot of respect there, and that's that's what it takes: friendship and respect. Mm-hmm. I agree. Now, here's a, here's a little different one. Like, of course, our podcast is about D and D. Lincoln Liar's got D and D, but there's a lot of other RPGs out there, and I've played yeah. a bunch of them. Uh, I actually run Mortal Darkness campaigns. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Uh, it's werewolf vampires kind of things i probably have i i uh, with with now being very indoctrinated into the streaming worlds and looking for potential partners and the stuff that people send us i probably have heard of it i don't i definitely haven't done lots of uh research into it. so how many different types of rpgs have you played oh uh, not too many uh, I play mostly video games, so that would be like the closest to more RPGs that I play. 
but uh D D is is my bread and butter for the most part um and that's quite frankly only because of time um i am i think tomorrow will be my first like day off in over a week and a half um so that's that's the big thing like once I feel like my company is doing well, once it's self-sustaining, once I'm booking regularly and not having to worry so much, which I don't really worry too much right now about like funds. It's not like awful or anything, but getting my life to where I want it to be, especially since it's really just beginning, mm -hmm. then I think that I'll have the free time to go out and explore. But right now I'm definitely just in my D&D &D bubble <laughs> and also oh. our 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 weird games bubble as well because yeah, they do a lot of stuff that Malifaux by weird games i've never yeah. heard of that and i looked into it a little bit yeah. you know before i didn't get to do a lot of research but i looked into it a little bit before it looks like a lot of fun it seems like a lot of fun when uh daniel asked me if i wanted to be a part of the tournament that they're doing right now for breach battles and i was like there's no way i will have time but uh <laughs> more power to everyone that is in it I've watched, I don't know how many games at this point when I'm editing, I'll just log into the discord when they're playing or watch on Twitch. They're actually playing right now. Um, it's uh, CJ versus Daniel. Um, and that CJ's over in Britain. So it's, I can only imagine how tired they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were talking, you were talking a lot about how um, the 16 of you are great friends and, um, how each of you kind of knew what you're signing up for, but uh, out of curiosity, what do you think is a uh, some good advice for any story weaver who wants to really keep up um, member or uh, keep up player like interest and morale, like for long for like long campaigns? Because I know that's a that's that's kind of a difficult thing for some story weavers to really retain players. And so, uh, what advice do you have for story weavers who are running like long? campaigns over several weeks so that is the hardest thing to do i think um it's becoming easier weirdly enough because of covid um with being able to like interact online and being comfortable to do that but i guess my advice would be so we are lucky enough that we stream so it adds that extra like factor of hey i mean you're kind of getting paid for this <laughs> but also the fact that like you're you're performing in front of an audience and there's nothing like it when you don't have that that's when it, we we have another thing where we meet once a week and we kind of talk about like hey like after so i guess we kind of meet twice a week we have the game and then we marinate on a couple of days and then we meet about the last session and we do that every single week on this is what we liked about the episode this is what we kind of don't like about the episode and this is how our characters are feeling right now um and so it's a really small thing that we do it doesn't have to last long at all matter of fact sometimes we'll just do it in a group chat um and just send what what the characters are feeling and what we liked and what we disliked about the episode but i think that or just being in constant contact with your players and just talking to them and asking them what they want to see in the campaign. Um, Cause D and D is collaborative storytelling. And 
if you lose that collaboration part, that's where I've seen lots, I, I countless of friends and stuff talk about the campaigns where either from, I've heard it from both perspectives, like the game masters, like, Hey guys, we had talked about, you guys said you were fine with telling this story. And now we're all off in this area. Let's at least try and if, if we're not going to get back to telling this story, we're gonna have to figure out a new way to to say what we want, like, what do we want to do with this? Like, how do we want to grow? Do we want to just have this be a super fun, like one shot episode every single time? Or do we want to tell an overarching campaign and the players don't reciprocate with like what they really want to do and the miscommunication and it crumbles that way. Or I've seen it from the players perspectives as well, where, you know, they came in and they're playing the game, but it feels like they're being railroaded and they just, don't have a space to talk to their DM with that. And they're just like, it's a lot easier for me to just not come and waste four hours out of my week being unhappy than it is to try and retain whatever unfun D&D campaign I'm doing right now. So I personally think communication is the key to almost everything with D&D because as long as you can communicate like, hey, I'm either not going to be there next week or, hey, I kind of wasn't okay with that, that last thing that we did right there. Let's talk about it. I know it wasn't on purpose. I know we, we all trust each other, but if we don't talk about it, then how can you can't fault anyone for not knowing if you haven't said anything. Yeah, for sure. And we, we did talk about that uh, in, in a couple of other episodes where we try to advocate for, uh, for session zeros and for communication. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, like you said, communication is the key for all things D and D, but I mean, it's really all things life. Yeah. <laughs> if we if we can't communicate and be kind to people, it kind of just crumbles from there. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that we we talk about. Like I said, the session zero is is telling people like their their hard lines and their veils of uh, things that they want or don't want in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, like you said, if if something pops up in the game there's there's got to be some kind of space to talk to to the story weaver or even to another player mm -hmm. uh, i mean it's like you said earlier you said that uh you have to be the your own advocate for your character but you mm -hmm. have to be your own advocate for yourself as well um so 100%. kind of kind of going off of that is there something that you uh maybe a resource or just advice in general for a player uh to make it a little easier, say, uh, say they want to talk to a story weaver or a, a cast member or another player in the party. So, um, hmm. this all depends on how close you guys are, um, how long you've known each other. Um, there's, there's lots of different factors, but what we do, um, in the acting world, um, is you usually have like an equity representative, um in the unions uh that is and they are usually speak for the entire cast and they're trying to they're usually like this neutral factor and if like someone's having a problem they'll go to their equity representative and they will go to the team to talk for you if you're uncomfortable doing it yourself um we actually have representatives for every one of our shows each time um i'm on the board so i can't be that person mm -hmm. for any of the shows so if anybody has an issue, they can come to any of us and they don't even have to mention the person by name. Sure. Um, and they could just be like, hey, we had an issue with this or X, Y, and Z. And we were hoping we can fix it. And then we can address the entire group and be like, hey, it's come to my attention that something has been a problem. If it's a smaller campaign, when it's just like 
maybe four or five people. I think that I think at the very, very beginning, you need to talk to your story weaver and be like, hey, I just want to know, is it okay for me to talk to you? Like you, out of all of the people I feel at the table that you need to be able to trust, I think, I don't want to say there's, you need to trust someone more than another, but you cannot have a story weaver that you do not trust and you play their game. Cause it's for sure not a difference in the power dynamic because everybody, like I said, it's a collaborative story, but just in the difference of the story weaver knows a lot more about the story than you do. They know they have a lot more in-game abilities than you do. And they can steer you in a direction that you might not be comfortable with. And you need to make sure you have to protect yourself above all when you're playing like you need to make sure you're comfortable it's it's hard to explain how to do it without saying just do it right but i i think putting yourself in a position at the very very beginning that you are making sure that yourself that you are safe and that the other people that you're playing with are safe because even though it is just a game it's it's quite literally way more than a game when you get into it, especially, Absolutely. yeah, you create a character that you've been working with. These, this is, can be three and four year commitments almost. Yeah. Which, and, and three to six hours at a, at a, at a shot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's hundreds of hours. That's it quite literally, it becomes a huge portion of your life. So that, that needs to be a safe space. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I like that the the equity representative. Um, so that's, I mean, that's great. We we have gotten to our our forty five minute mark very quickly. Uh, so any any last closing words uh, to the listeners before we kick off? Uh sure. Um, if you haven't, check us out on Ink and Liar. Um, if you don't want to, no biggie. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to fault you. I will say that. If you are playing d and I mean, it's an experience that more and more people are starting to do across the world. Um, and that's very, very nice. But, you know, that's yours. I mean, if you're in a campaign and you're making a character, your character is just as good as mine, is just as good as anybody else's. It's your character. Um, so, like, live with that. Be happy with it. Like, be very proud of the fact that you're participating in the same activity that i do that the same activity that the super professionals do where they do this only for like a living i mean at the end of the day they're no better than you are so have fun with it and and there you have it i mean that's (laughs) that's it uh go check out ink and liar check out christian hatcher check out at home reels uh and remember to check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied